Welcome back to the Money Clip Podcast. Today we have a special guest, founder of Upright, Betty Tang. How are you? I'm doing great, Raymond. Thanks for having me here. Hey, I'm glad you're able to make it, and I'm super excited about Upright. I just want to kind of start with an interesting story I had. So I use Republic.co very often, and I was at Starbucks the other day, and this lady walked in and she said, do you have oat milk? And the lady said, oh, no, we're, we're sold out. And I instantly thought about your company, instantly, uh, upright. So can you kind of tell the listeners, you know, the backstory and kind of why you started uh, upright? Yeah, um, it's a great story to, to kick it off. And it kind of relates to the story that I'm about to share. Um, so I guess to start, I'll, I'll share that. So upright is an early stage consumer goods company on a mission to make delicious food that's better for people and our planet. Uh, so we're starting with a high protein instant oat milk as nutritious as dairy. And how I came up with this was because I have a pretty similar story to what you just shared. So uh, the first time I was exposed to oat milk was about two years ago now. I was in like this trendy cafe in LA. And um, my friend told me that, you know, have you heard about oat milk before? And I hadn't. And so I, you know, tried it. I was like, oh, yeah, this is like good. It's actually like tastes good in my coffee, doesn't separate, doesn't change the flavor in a weird way. And I didn't think too much of it. But I remember I got back home. I was living in Connecticut at the time in, you know, a kind of a smaller city. And I went to go look for oat milk in like my local grocery store and I couldn't find it. So that led me to looking online, of course. And at the time, yeah, looking online, the only place I could find oat milk was on Amazon and it was selling for $200 a case. Like it just blew my mind how expensive oat milk was. And it was just such a clear case of there being a lot of demand for it because it was picking up in popularity and very obviously not enough supply. And so I was in business school at the time. And so, and I had been thinking about, potentially starting a business or, or joining another startup maybe. And it just seemed like the perfect thing to, to launch a business in because clearly there, you know, there's a lot of demand for this product on enough supply. And from a personal perspective, I guess, um, it was just something I really passionately cared about. You know, it feels kind of silly to say I'm passionate about oat milk, but um, I'm lactose intolerant. Like I think probably like uh, it's about two thirds of the world, I believe is what the, the statistics show. Um, yeah, people who are lactose intolerant. I also have a few food allergies, so that prevents me from a few other alternatives. And I really care about the environment. And so from a physical and ethical perspective, like I've never really enjoyed drinking milk. It just doesn't make me feel good. Um, and all these other alternatives that are, you know, nut milks or like soy milks, like they, they all have these allergens in them as well that creates dietary issues. Um, and then environmentally, like you look at how much water um, dairy milk or these other alternatives use. Um, and that is also really, really tough. Um, so oat milk was the very first milk alternative I'd ever come across that actually made me feel good from both a, you know, a health and sustainability perspective. So it's, it's what um, made me really excited to keep moving on the venture. Yeah, and you know, it really, kind of resonated with me when you mentioned the things that propelled you into starting your, your company upright. You mentioned that one, it's high demand, right? So that means people do want it, right? So there is product market fit for upright. And then also what you mentioned is there's a personal aspect to it because you 
like to drink things or use things that are all natural products that don't have a bunch of allergens in them, right? So it's not only are you creating something that you're passionate about, but there is a need for it and it's very healthy. And your background is really, really impressive. I don't want to talk to everything about it, but one thing that really stood out to me uh, that you're currently pursuing your MBA at Yale School of Management. Correct, yeah. And uh, some of your backstory also, you spent time consulting at McKinsey, basically working with consumer goods. Is that correct? Correct, yeah. Cool. So, you know, a couple of things that I kind of look forward to when I want to invest in a startup is the founding team, right? So I am one of your investors, so I might be a little biased. Uh, all listeners listening, if you want to invest into Upright, all you have to do is go to hubbo.co slash Upright. And I'll also put the description in the description section, I'll put the link to the podcast and also the link to Upright. So kind of talk to me about your team. I know you also kind of worked and developed a relationship with uh, pediatricians during the process as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, so Upright started exactly when I was in business school and it was really, I was primed for it, I think, because of the work I'd done as a consultant. So like you mentioned before business school, um, I spent about four years in consulting at um, Carney and at McKinsey doing a really wide range of industries. But I think I found the most personal passion and interest when I was serving companies that were in the agriculture and uh, consumer goods and like manufacturing space. So I think those those are the areas where I, I see the biggest potential for impact that can be created. And so with this startup, when I was creating, when I you know first came up with the idea, um, I did some like back of the envelope um, thinking about what the market size could look like. And yeah, I, I saw that there was a huge you know, demand that wanted it. And as I thought about how to actually make this, this product and the venture reality, I realized that you know, I could not do this myself for sure. And so the advice I'd been given was, you know, look for a team that is aligned on the vision and the mission of the company, but has a very different skill set and you know different set of experiences than you do. And so yeah, I wanted to build a diverse team out. And so looking around, my co-founder who I started this with, Tura, um, he and I were both students together at business school. And we we kind of in the past joked about maybe starting a business together because we both learned that we were really interested in entrepreneurship and really interested in sustainability. Um, but with this venture, I like very seriously was like, I, I told him, like, I think you'd be the perfect fit for this because, you know, my background had been in consulting. So I'd done a lot of strategy for all these different, uh, they're like big Fortune 500, like consumer goods companies and agriculture companies, et cetera. His background, though, was he had studied supply chain and logistics. And that's what his previous role had been. He was like the director of supply chain logistics for a, a company. Um, and he'd worked at like Quaker Oats, he'd worked at L'Oreal, he worked at Pepsi, all these like big, you know, mass CPGs out there. And so it just seemed like the perfect complementary set of skills and experiences to bring together. So, so that's who, we, who uh, I started this out with. And I guess since then, the team's evolved a bit. So we've also brought on, you know, interns during the summer to help us out who have brought a really wide variety of, of different skills and experiences. And most recently, we've brought on somebody else who has a healthcare background as well to round out the team. Excellent. Oh, and to, to your question about pediatricians too, I guess. Um, so yeah, absolutely. You know, I am not, and my co-founder was not an expert in, um, in nutrition and pediatric health. You know, I'd done a certificate through Cornell's School for Nutrition Studies 
um, in plant-based nutrition. So I, I did bring some of that as well as, you know, my personal experience as somebody who has been vegetarian and, and vegan even in the past. Um, no longer though, because it's, it's really hard, I gotta <laughs> say. Um, but yeah, we realized that we, we you know, we, we thought that millennial, you know, millennials and, and like younger parents and their children would probably be one of our early adopters of the product. And so getting pediatric recommendations and backing was important to us. So we reached out to pediatricians in our network or, you know, through our network, through, you know, um, connections of connections to, to get their feedback and input as we develop the product as well. So yeah, we've been really fortunate to have their help in thinking through the ingredients that we use, the nutrition, you know, in like statistics um, that you would see on the back of that label. So that our product is as nutritious as dairy, which is kind of what I think differentiates upright from other oat milks out there because we offer just as much protein and the same amount of like calcium and vitamins A and B12 and D we're able to have the support of pediatricians because uh, we match the nutrition of, of dairy, unlike other oat milks or other milk alternatives that exist without, you know, any of the allergens or the environmental negative impacts as well. Awesome. So when I think about potential for growth, and we already mentioned that the total adjustable market for your particular uh, product that you're offering is pretty huge. Uh, so what is your plan moving forward to kind of get your products and maybe get to retail or those really large companies, maybe even Starbucks. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be the dream for sure. So, I mean, we're starting out direct to consumer in the beginning because we felt that was the most strategic decision, but long-term we, we do have an omni-channel strategy as well to be in brick and mortar and to be selling into food service companies as well, or to be serving, you know, large, you know, other businesses effectively. But the reason we're starting with direct to consumer initials is because we want to perfect the product and the packaging and, you know, everything around it before we try to go bigger than that. And so starting direct to consumer, it allows us to have a really close relationship with our customers so that we can get feedback from each individual customer and understand, you know, what they like, what they don't like about the, the product. And then from there on out, I guess we, we have already secured, well, we're, we've secured Amazon to launch our product as a prime product later on, as well as a national distributor as well. And they're in 300 stores around the U.S. So that's kind of the initial steps that we've planned out. But we've also talked to distributors, you know, internationally as well. We see a big market if we leave like the U.S. because lactose intolerance especially affects people of like, basically non-Caucasians, I guess, is the best way to put it. And so like Asia, we see as being a huge market and like the Middle East, Africa, yeah, the Asia Pacific region, you know, we've gotten a lot of interest from distributors who, you know, it's not like us cold calling them or pitching them. It's, it's them coming to us saying like, we see a huge demand for your product here in, you know, whatever country we're in, please let us know when you're ready. So, so we're really excited to, to go that route as well. And then, um, and then, yeah, exactly. Going to food service and selling to other businesses. You know, we see a lot of interest um, and potential as well in selling to whether it's other restaurants and cafes or to hotels or to like corporate campuses or like, you know, a hospital or like educational campuses as well. Yeah, lots of potential for that too. Excellent. Yes, yeah, so I, I heard you mention kind of like international expansion. And I think there's a lot of potential in uh revenue and partnerships when you kind of think about that. But I did have a question. So 
for listeners, what can we expect from the shelf life from your product? Do you have a rough, uh, rough estimate of that? Yeah, I mean, don't hold me to this. Uh, my lawyers probably wouldn't like it, but basically forever. You know, it's a dry powdered product effectively. And so as long as you're keeping it safe from like the water or from like, you know, you're not letting like bugs or like mice get into it effectively. Like, you know, we're, we're using commercial manufacturing facilities and making sure our packaging seals the product to be protected from the elements, et cetera. And so it, it's good for like a very long time. You know, there will be probably some degradation in like the taste of the product over time. And I think some, maybe perhaps some of the nutrition maybe will be lost over time as well. But this is a great product to keep on your pantry for at, at, least, at least a year or so, right? It's not gonna go bad at all uh, as long as you don't expose it to like water or, or light. Yeah, so it, it's great to keep on your pantry for whenever you want it or to throw it in your bag, like camping or, or hiking or something on a longer road trip uh, because it's not going to go bad like a, you know, a, a milk, liquid milk product. Right. So I know you have some delicious flavors. Can you kind of talk to us about the flavors that you offer currently? Sure. Yeah. So we're going to be launching with three flavors. So there's our original, which is the unsweetened high protein oat milk. And then we've got a vanilla and chocolate version as well, which are more, uh, the, the chocolate one especially is like a really decadent chocolate. That's like maybe a bit more like dessert, but, but a lot healthier. Yeah. That's kind of been really thirsty. I really like the chocolate <laughs> one. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so thank you for coming to the podcast today, the one clip podcast. And, uh, I know we had a great discussion prior to the podcast and I'm really excited to see how Upright does, you have an amazing team. You really have a lot of experts in the space who not only understand logistics, but they understand nutrition value. And then you also bring your experience working at McKinsey and currently getting your MBA at Yale University, which gives me a lot of confidence in your ability to make this company go to the moon. Um, that's just my <laughs> personal uh, perspective. So is there anything else that I can do for you uh, in your journey? I think that's, it for now, like I really appreciate, you know, being on this podcast and getting the chance to, to share the, the venture with other people. So yeah, no, appreciate it, Raven. This has been really fun. Absolutely. So all the listeners, just make sure you follow uh, Betty Tang on LinkedIn and all the social media outlets. And also check out Upright on Republic.co. Like I said before, earlier in the podcast, I'll put the link in the description so we can go check it out. And if you do, if you do like it, go ahead and invest for as little as $100 into an up-and-coming startup. Thank you again, Betty. I appreciate it. Appreciate this.